Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Alright, we are back in person together doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 95. And it is, I don't know what day it is, Monday, <laughs> December the 12th. We are back together on Salt Spring Island, and we are going to talk Canuck stuff. Um, we got three big overtime wins to talk about, followed by a sad loss to Minnesota. But first, before we do that, yeah. I want to ask you, yeah. because you were there yeah. for the Montreal game yeah. in person, tell the people what was it like after the first period, how many Canucks fans left, was it crazy? So I didn't actually notice that many Canucks fans leaving after the first. What did happen was is there was quite a few who left at the end of the third when it looked like they were going to lose again in um, in regulation. But it was not a good mood after the first period. I think people were just kind of trying to like stick around probably to get their money's worth for like another period kind of thing. It was, like I will say, I was always really hesitant about going to those games where it was, you know with one of the big three, as you say, but I'll say the big two for sure, Montreal and Toronto, where you know you're going to have probably the equal amount of fans between um, Canucks and the out-of-town team. I thought it would really piss me off, and in the first period it did when they were cheering, and after the goals I was like, oh my god, I can't handle this, I'm so upset. And then when the Canucks started coming back, it definitely started to be more fun. And then when you had those competing chants and stuff, I actually really liked it. I thought it added something to going to the game. So yeah. I'd definitely go to another one of those. Um, but yeah, what a game. I mean, it was not a pretty game in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. But it was really fun. It's probably the most fun I've ever had at like a live hockey game. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, lots of goals. Yeah. Can't complain about that. No, and again, just after the first, it felt like they were so far out of it. The fact that they were able to to make anything out of that game was something, and then they get the win, which was really nice to mm. see. Showing some resilience. Um, you know, Yeah. The three overtime wins against three not great, great hockey teams. teams, but they got some points and, and a bit of momentum. Unfortunately, they played a better team in Minnesota, and they lost 3 nothing. Um, yeah. I don't know what you want to say about I mean, the only thing I can stretch. say in general, like, I guess there's two things. So the first is that I feel like the Canucks are what they are, and they're showing us that they are exactly who we thought they were, and that they're better than San Jose's and Montreal's of the league, but they're not as good as basically anyone in playoff contention. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because you do get these periods of times where it feels like they're getting back into things, and they could maybe, like, really get like a stranglehold on a better position but then they just show up totally flat i mean you think about like the washington game where they lost 5-1 after winning a few and it felt like they were kind of getting some momentum it's really similar um the saturday night game to that so it's frustrating because it's hard to see the direction of this team but i do think we're at the precipice of them about to move some players and that's probably going to change things a bit I mean, I don't know how, how soon these moves are going to happen, but I do think they're going to happen. And we'll see. We'll see what happens with the face of the team. and the. Yeah, I mean, I think in, I didn't watch much of the Minnesota game, honestly, and yeah. I'm glad I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I did watch much. the other three. And, you know, I, 
I was excited. They yeah. won all three. Yeah. But the one thing that I like really honed in on, which like everybody else, I'm way behind. <laughs> I, everybody else already knew, but like it was so obvious that like their top nine forwards are so offensively skilled. They're so yeah. good. But none of them can play defense. No. Like it's it's actually kind of crazy. I mean, I, the only one I'll say is showing some ability is Patterson. Yeah. Um, and then maybe you can throw McKayev in there. But, like, everyone else I totally agree with. And, I mean, like, Miller, I feel like, takes the brunt of it. I mean, the Minnesota giveaway was not good. But Horvat is not good defensively either. And no. he never has been. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. And then, so... Going into chronological thing, yeah. Before the Horvat stuff came out today, yeah. The best rumors yeah. were ramped up, um, yeah. In regards to did he ask for a trade? Did he not? Did the agent get some approval to like facilitate a trade? Yeah. Isn't that the GM's job? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of comments on that if you want, but yeah, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, there's a lot of hearsay, I, yeah. a lot of what they're throwing out there in the Twitter world or yeah. whatever of like what the possible returns are or could be. Like, I don't believe pretty much any of them. Yeah. This is what I'll say about Besters. The first thing is going back to that Arizona game. The fact that he was almost scratched that game did really upset me. And I think it upset a lot of people just because of the hockey fights cancer thing. Yeah. And then Boudreaux being like, oh, I didn't realize it was tonight. Like, it felt so out of touch. And I didn't like it, and I don't think in the room it would have been received very well in general, especially because, like, Duke Besser had a big role on that team, like, beyond just Brock. It seemed like they all kind of um, gathered together for him a bit. So really didn't like that, and then to see him get the goal was really nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, with Friedman reporting that night that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that his agent was allowed to talk to teams about a trade. It just seems so backwards, which means it, to me it probably is what's happening because <laughs> it's the Canucks. But it's like, you know, in the off season you have him as an RFA. And if at that point you wanted his agent to reach out and talk to other teams, it would make sense to me. It would be like, okay, go see if you can get a deal done and then we'll work out a trade or whatever mm. to fit that team's what, what they want. But this way it does seem really backwards. Like what is the team, what's the agent supposed to do? Right. That, you know, they do have a lot of AGMs. I saw some one tweet that was like, oh, they have 20 AGMs and they can't find a trade for, for Besser. And again, to to scratch him and then be like, oh, we're going to trade him or we're letting his agent speak to other teams. It just seems like, don't you want to showcase him and trade him when he has a bit of value? Because again, feel like there's been more, there's been better opportunities to move him. I'm not saying it's just this. This management group, but I, I do think that he will be moved. Um, like him and Bo, which we'll get to after this, I'm sure. I think they're both going to be moved, and I do think it's the right decision now um, and for both kind of player and team. Yeah, I mean, in Besser's case, I hope that they can get a deal where they're getting someone else who needs a change of scenery. Yeah. Because I think that like most people want him to be traded for like a defense of similar age and yeah. making the same amount of money, but you can't like defense are just worth way more. It's not going to happen. Not right now. Maybe if you moved him after the bubble year, um, not the, not the bubble year, sorry, the year with no fans in the buildings. Like yeah. The COVID where he had like 49 points in 56 games. Yeah. Like that to me is like, okay, you could sell high on him at that point. But now the last two years he hasn't been great. Yeah. And, 
this year especially has not been great and so it's just like what do you expect people to to offer you yeah but the offers like the rumors that are out there that are like Lucic and something from the flames yeah. i'm like why yeah. like i understand that he only has one year left so you're basically getting the cap you're essentially trading for a cap hit but you didn't have to re-sign him and this is where to me it just feels so backwards yeah like you had an opportunity in the summer if you didn't want to re-sign him you could have moved him then mm-hmm. and even at that point i think his value wouldn't have been as bad as it is right now so it'll be an interesting watch i wonder like with him if they keep him until the summer and try to kind of re restock his value or if they're just gonna say we'll take whatever we can get kind mm-hmm. of thing yeah um but yeah and then obviously i guess kind of moving off of brock into Bo, there was the comments this morning um that they'd offered him like their last offer which to me seems also kind of like a tactic like how do you know it's their last offer yeah like when they're doing the jt miller stuff it was yeah. like they're not going to go above 48 million yeah. or whatever for total value and then they did yeah and like again if they did move brock then you would have more cap but i will caution with this too and again i am I am a Bo Horvat fan, but, like, this, well, the past two seasons have been by far his best offensively productive seasons. Yeah. And I don't know, he's not really, he's not a playmaker, he's a goal scorer, um, he gets a lot of points on the power play, which is all great, that power play's awesome and everything, but how much do you want to pay for that? Yeah, especially when the rumor is he's turning down 8 by 8 Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much more you want to go above 8 And he'll no. get it. Somewhere else, that's yeah. fine. But for this team with the cap hits that they have that are problematic, I just don't know how much you can add. No. And I mean, I read the stat today, like, you know, point production is important, but for centermen, there's so much more that you need. Sure. And with Bo, like, you get Patrice, the face off, Patrice Bergeron's highest yeah, season total <laughs> is like 79 points. Yeah. Like, it's all everything else that brings his value to it. And that's kind of what they want out of Bo, but they're not going to get. Cause no. Because he's not that that type of player. And yeah, the only like the only other thing that he has that really goes for him is his face-offs. Um, but I, again, I don't know how much you pay for that. Yeah. The hope, I assume, would be that Pedersen at some point is going to kind of evolve into that, um, being able to take face-offs as well, as do everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like for him, I think the value is there where they can get they can get a decent package back for him as a rental. And I would be kind of mad at this point in time if they don't do it, to be honest. Um, but you do have to pick and choose. I mean, like, <laughs> think historically as a Canucks fan, I know they're obviously not going to get anything close to what they got back for Linden when they traded him. But um, they need something that's going to move this team forward mm-hmm. desperately. Yeah. So... Yeah, we'll see. see so we talked about Bo and, and prospective trade partners a few weeks ago, and I think I picked Colorado, and my dark horse was Philly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a new choice yeah. that would b- both be my dark horse and my main choice. Are you? Do you have a a feeling of who would be the best trade partner for for Bo? I I still think Washington for me, but yeah. um. Who are you Stick thinking? with your gun. Yeah. I kind of think I can see Carolina. Okay, yeah. I can see that Because they got too. the cap space yeah. and Kotkaniemi is not working out for them no. as their 2C. No. 
Um, I don't know though because like they have a history of just letting their players walk when they don't want to pay them. So yeah. I don't know how much they would want to give up for a guy that they might not re-sign. Yeah. Um, they also need to win in the playoffs. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It kind of makes sense. That does make sense. I mean, there's a, a lot of teams that would that would love a, a center like Bo. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other one that you hear a lot about is Detroit, maybe. Uh, which is interesting because of Larkin. Right. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know. Because are they going to re-sign Larkin? Because if they're not, then I can't really see them trading for Bo and trading Larkin or keeping Larkin. Like, it doesn't make sense, really. Yeah. But I've heard a lot about them. I can still see Colorado both Colorado in, like, a run sense. and a long-term thing. Yeah. Um, I read a lot about New York Rangers, but since they signed Trocek, like, I don't buy yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, so, and then, of course, New Jersey's out there. New Jersey, yeah. Columbus is out there. What about Winnipeg? That's the only other team I thought was maybe as a dark horse, because who's their 2C now? Dubois. Dubois, right. Okay, not Winnipeg then. Yeah. Yeah. But you never know. Like, they talk about, like, they'll talk about anybody, right? Yeah. Toronto's out there. Toronto's always out there. <laughs> um, yeah, you never know. I mean, I will say this about Toronto while we're talking about them for two seconds. Like, they have been playing very impressively yeah. of late, and then that Mourner... The Marner points streak is also pretty insane, so props to them. What's he at, 22 now? 23, I 23? think. 23? Yeah. That's cool. Pretty crazy. Anyway, I feel like I was off by one year on him because I always have him pretty high for my fantasy stuff, and then this year he seems to really be taking it to the next level, but yeah, we'll see how it works out for them in Leafland. We will, yeah. and we will see how the Canucks continue to trudge along. <laughs> I mean, sadly, I think they're probably still, what, are they only two points out of a playoff spot? Something like that. Their next few games are are harder, though, I will say that. Yeah, um, they're back on the ice Wednesday night for Calgary. Yes, Wednesday's Calgary, and then, what is it after that, um, Winnipeg on Saturday, and St. Louis on Monday, so... Tougher opponents, winnable games. Winnable games for sure, um, but these are the kinds of games that they need to actually win. Yeah. And it's not just the bottom of the barrel teams that, you know, they're giving up leads to or coming back against. Um, so we'll see. We will we'll see. see. Time will tell. Hopefully we get a bit of a better effort. Yeah, totally. And being that we're less than two weeks away from Christmas and therefore less than that to the Christmas break, we'll probably have a, a pre-Christmas episode. Sounds good. All Maybe right. Review some awards or something. Something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, this is it. This is it for us. Signing off after episode 95 of Hockey Talk on the Rock. Woo!